0: Take tonight. It's the turn of AI. Um, when I was growing up on the farm, it was artificial intelligence and involved a, a plastic glove and a, a straw. And we won't talk about that kind of AI. Tonight's AI is artificial intelligence. Now, uh, Jared Molko uh, used to work at Google. What did you do?
1: Google. Hi, Bruce. Uh, thanks for having me on your on your show. Um, you don't sound
0: like you worked at Google. Don't I? You sound like an <laughs> like OKU who just went to go and work at Google.
1: I'm a relaxed, I'm a relaxed kind of guy. Um, I got you. So I did quite a few things. I was at Google for seven years. Uh, mostly on the business side of the organization I was employee number nine in South Africa When we were trying to establish a, a footprint um, in, in sub-Saharan Africa And I quickly moved over onto YouTube uh, Google owns YouTube um, And I got involved in, in video And in particular mobile video um, and became essentially a mobile video expert, um, which eventually led me to transferring over to Paris where I had a regional role of, of working with uh, the engineers and the sales force and being the intermediary or the bridge between those two uh, very different worlds and basically being a translator, um, helping drive uh, the mobile video business.
0: Okay, I mean there was actually I mean it's quite interesting we've got you today because of course YouTube is in the news today because in Paris um yeah. it, it sort of made the artificial intelligence in the background of all of this stuff made a connection between the fire at Notre Dame um and uh, and uh, and uh, and terrorism. Um and mm. it was this weird connection that somehow machine learning mm. made a connection that didn't exist or doesn't necessarily exist.
1: Yeah, interesting. I didn't didn't pick that up. Uh, all sorts of connections can be made, I suppose, with with artificially intelligent programs running all sorts of inferences we, and correlations and such.
0: We, we, we're, we're skipping ahead a little bit. I'll come yeah. back to it when I, I get a little bit more detail. Um, but let's let's go back to right at the beginning because it's a very good place to start. Mm-hmm. Um, what is AI? We all think we know what it is. It's computers thinking for themselves. What exactly is it?
1: Yeah, so there's so many different ways to define it. I'll try and keep it relatively uh, simple. Uh, So using the name artificial, um, artificial generally means something that's inorganic or or made by man. Um, And intelligence um, broadly means the ability to receive information, process information, make sense of information in order to derive a particular outcome or a decision uh, in relation to a given context or an environment, um, generally aligned towards either a short-term or a long-term goal or objective. Um, I think when when talking about artificial intelligence, it's always very important up front to make the distinction between narrow intelligence and general intelligence. Um, no, I
0: mean, okay, for example, I mean, I would think narrow intelligence would be playing chess against a computer. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and there are a billion possible moves, but a computer can kind of figure that stuff out fairly easily. And that kind of narrow intelligence has been around for what, 30 years. When did, deep, when did the big game against Deep Blue happen?
1: Yeah, so it's been around for a couple decades. And, and that's exactly it. So narrow intelligence is generally defined as um, intelligence given, uh, you know, around a narrowly defined set of uh, functions or tasks. So another example, self-driving cars, uh, spam detection, fraud detection, um, uh, voice, uh, speech recognition, Um, you know, these are very kind of narrowly defined intelligences. Um, and then you've got the artificial general intelligence, which is generally the stuff we see on sci-fi movies with machines and robots taking over the world. Or let's, get, let,
0: let's, let's get there. Let's get okay. there. Where does, where does the, the game show, there's a very famous uh, YouTube clip um, of the game show Jeopardy in the United States where um, Watson, which is the IBM yeah. computer, beat human beings in a general knowledge quiz for the very first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was even, I don't know, was it pre-internet days or early internet days when certain which was in its infancy... Yet a computer was able to compete aggressively against human beings.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know, so so much so much progr- uh, progression and strides have been taken uh, since then. Uh, I think another major well, there's been two very big moments um, that have happened subsequently. Uh, you know, then we had um, artificially intelligent programs beating uh, chess champions, uh, but more recently we had Google's DeepMind, which is their AI uh, company, uh, creating an AI program uh, to beat uh, the current Go uh, champion. So Go is a Chinese board game, uh, which is a very, very complicated game and far more complex than chess. Um, there are more possible moves you can make on a go board than there are stars in the galaxy. Because um, it's a
0: three, it's a 3D game, isn't it? Yeah, I mean,
1: it's a 3D yeah. game and, and the permutations are vast. So you don't have an AI program that can use its computational power as an unfair competitive advantage. Uh, the AI has to exhibit some form of intuition or judgment in order to decide on what moves to make. Um, and, and so this is a new level of intelligence, essentially. And, and Google developed this deep, uh, this, it's called AlphaGo. And Google developed this program, which ultimately beat these champions. Um, and, uh, you know, that was a massive moment. And, and recently, uh, there was, um, an open AI, uh, championship, uh, for a game called Dota um and so upping the upping the antidota is is a is a uh what do you call it a fighter game um where you have to collaborate with teams and people in order to to uh win you know to to come out with an outcome and these ai programs were able to not only understand how to play the game but also to collaborate
0: Now, this is the part where people get really scared, because now you're talking about things like intuition, you're talking about judgment, you're talking about collaboration, and those are all distinctly human traits. It's what's going to protect us against the machines Except the machines are doing it already. Just how serious is this? Just how much of an opportunity is it? How much of a risk is it? That is what we are chatting this evening to uh, Jared Mulker, who is our expert this evening on artificial intelligence. Any questions you want, give us a shout on 11 8830702 or you can send us an SMS on 31702 or 31567. There are two broad schools of thought when it comes to this idea of artificial intelligence. One, it's going to destroy everything as you understand it and know it. It's going to take your job, and your children will never be able to earn money again, and I don't know how they're going to survive. That's one possible scenario. Or machines become incredibly useful to us. They do all the boring stuff, and we can provide the creative juices needed to make the world a far more interesting and productive and healthy place in which to live. Uh, But when you hear about computers beginning to exhibit um, with this idea of Google's deep mind um, with intuition and judgment and collaboration where machines start working with each other by themselves, not with human intervention. It's bound to make your blood run cold. Jared Mulker is a former Google employee, and he's bringing us deep insights this evening into the world of artificial intelligence. My guess is that kind of AI is somewhere in between and with, you know, 350,000 shades of gray.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, that's, that's where I'd plot myself um, in that kind of dichotomy. Um, you know, we're creating very powerful technology, very powerful tools, um, and people – Will yield will wield these technologies in, in ways that we'll love and ways that we'll hate, um, you know. With you know, incredible genius comes incredible risk, and I don't think we'll have just one or the other. I think we'll have a blend of both.
0: We are creating. I mean, for how much longer are we creating artificial intelligence? At what point does artificial intelligence start to recreate itself? and sort of become this self-sustaining organism. It's not an organism. What is it? Yeah, a
1: thing. thing. Um, I mean, we're on that path for sure. Um, You know, artificially intelligent programs are requiring less and less human intervention in order for them to learn, Um, and less and less data, in fact. Um, There's a new technique called reinforcement learning, which essentially requires artificial intelligent programs to learn on their own without any training data whatsoever. So um you know the concerns in AI are around you know it's we're developing these black boxes which we don't quite understand what's going on inside of them um and the explainability of AI is also very poor. So we don't know how you know various AI programs are coming coming to conclusions Um, and I suppose, you know, there's a very big movement in, in the artificially intelligent, uh, community called beneficial AI, which is essentially making sure that the AI programs that we're developing and designing have you know, human best interest at heart, which will ultimately be beneficial to us as a, as a, as a species. Uh,
0: and then that assumes that everybody is working in the world of AI is altruistic about this. Everybody is honorable. Everybody's pulling in the same direction. And that's simply not the case. I mean, there are people who make weapons for self-defense. There are people who make weapons to sell to aggressive armies. There are people who then will trade those weapons to the highest bidder in the same way as AI is going to be a similar tool for the future i suspect
1: yeah i agree and, and i think we'll hopefully come to some sort of balancing act or act or equilibrium you know the way that we have you know a nullified nuclear threat even though you know there is a nuclear threat um you know these are, are vastly destructive uh, technologies and tools yet uh, thankfully we haven't experienced uh, the ramification of that and, and hopefully there would be some sort of equilibrium we reach
0: well, we didn't know how destructive nuclear was until yeah. the, the Americans dropped bombs on Hiroshima mm-hmm. and then on Nagasaki, bringing an end to the World Second World War. And so horrific were the consequences of those explosions that we swore that we'd never do it again. Yeah. But we've come close once or twice to lobbing a few mm-hmm. missiles across oceans. Uh, do we need to have an AI disaster before we pull the plug on some of its more aggressive possibilities?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I would like to to kind of naively say... We don't have to, but if history is anything to go by, I think the general precedent is, you know, we generally have to learn the hard way, unfortunately. Um, you know, I, I do hope that we've got enough good actors and, and, and uh, you know, positive, optimistic people out there that can hopefully steer us in the right direction.
0: I mean, government regulation around things like this, I mean, generally, a lot of people are averse to regulation, but you can't help but think that governments around the world, I don't know, via the United Nations or something, should be cooperating with each other so we don't have the equivalent of an AI space race.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I suppose the the positive outcome of all of the... Um, You know, mishaps that the likes of Facebook and Amazon and Google have been, you know, tripping over themselves over the last 18 months, um, has led to, you know, gov, you know, a backlash uh, from society and governments actually calling these tech giants in to to answer for themselves. Um, And I do think that there is a need for regulation. It will have to be on a global scale. Uh, You know, there's an arms race going on between America and China uh, in terms of, you know, AI and, and, you know, figuring things out first. And I don't think that that's good for anyone. And I do think there is a need for regulation, Yeah.
0: I mean, if you look at, I think it's the company Boston Analytics who make the robots and they have these real Android looking robots that jump over things and stuff. And two or three years ago, the robots were tripping them over themselves in labs. And our more recent videos show these robots navigating quite complex obstacle courses, Mm. seeing, judging, deciding how high to jump, which to dodge, which to duck under, that sort of stuff. The rate of progress is a bit
1: like Moore's law. <laughs> it's, it's, very it's very much like all the time. very much like Moore's law. Um, yeah, the the company you're referring to, Boston Dynamics. And, Dynamics, I think about yeah, this. Yeah, and yeah, look, I mean, it, it's scary stuff. Militarizing, um, you know, military advances in technology. You know, uh, hackers and drones and uh, you know these super superhuman robots. Uh, you know, we, we, I don't think anyone really wants that. Um, what was really good to see was that, uh, I think about six months ago, Google was actually contracted to the, the US military and they were helping them with their, their image recognition, um, intelligence, um, and obviously, uh, helping with their, their drones. And there was such a backlash amongst the employees that there were protests, um, from internally from within the company. And then Google eventually, uh, dropped the contract because employees didn't want, a company like Google with all the resources and and intelligence and data that it sits on to essentially arm the military with with far too powerful technology
0: that's fine for now um, but, but we know that bad things happen with great technologies in bad times um, when suddenly if you're a president with your back against the wall and you're coming under attack you start mustering all the resources at your disposal suddenly you need to start spying on your enemies because you know your enemies are spying on you they're trying to shut you down, they're sending in the bots um, to to infect your systems and you retaliate it is the nuclear war of the future potentially happens in the digital space and Perhaps that is the biggest risk to humankind It's not that we have a an Arnold Schwarzenegger terminator type end but suddenly just people just attack each other's computers and stop everything from working because nothing anymore doesn't work without the internet.
1: Yeah, cyber warfare. Um it's a real threat for sure. Uh and uh, you know I, I suppose you know looking on the more optimistic side of things um The reality is, is that there isn't just one AI. Um, you know, there's not one centralized AI, you know, super brain that is going to rule them all. Um, there are many, many AIs and versions of AIs. And so I think ultimately, um, I don't see there being a cataclysmic, you know, uh dystopian future where one ai rules us all i think that you know there will be a balancing act and people will have you know various versions of ais that they have as their own personal assistants and allies and ais combating other ais and i think it'll be a very interesting world um to live in
0: how if this isn't too complicated to explain but how does ai learn you, know, you and I learned most things that we know now in the first three or four years of our lives. That's where we learned language. We learned concepts. We under, we learned the basics of our understanding. And later on, we may have amplified that with studies or or reading or whatever it is, however we learn. But AI doesn't go through a normal human life cycle. AI learns in a different way.
1: Yeah. Um, there are various ways in which which AI learn. Um, the The... The, the most used technique is something called machine learning, um, where essentially with machine learning, um, an AI program is given a lot of data, um, and through that data, the AI program is also given an ultimate objective or, or a goal that it needs to achieve, um, and that's pre-programmed into, into the algorithm. And then through essentially how we learn, which is a process of trial and error, reward and punishment for, for certain outputs or actions – um, the AI starts to learn, um, and to refine its understanding of the data that it's that it's uh, or the the goal in which it's optimizing towards. Um, so, you know, as as a child figures things out and realizes when they touch um, a hot stove that means are we and it's, it's, you know, it's, it's not a good idea for them to do that and they won't do that again so too machine learning figures things out through reward and punishment um,
0: oh I hurt that person I should do it again <laughs> oh this feels good ah and then they take over the world um, how, in terms of usefulness of AI already I think we are using AI without even realizing it um, in so many respects in the world of social media. I'm, I'm quite encouraged by the mistake, by the way, that your friends at YouTube made um, or that YouTube did using its AI, and that was that um, uh, there was a, a connection by, between YouTube and Notre Dame, and they connected it somehow to 9-11 and the terror attacks. It must have picked up some kind of pattern or some kind of algorithm um, which implied that you know the fire at Notre Dame is connected to 9-11. It, it encourages me. That that it makes dumb mistakes, which makes it quite human.
1: <laughs> yeah, look, I think um, you know, it's this isn't the you know, artificially intelligent programs have have its flaws, have its faults. There's you know, a tremendous amount of uh, prejudice and biases that are ingrained in in the data, in which uh, you know feeds these. Uh, intelligent programs so uh, by no means are these you know perfect solutions um and i don't think that we should be completely reliant and dependent on uh, you know what ai programs tell us we should or shouldn't do um you know with that youtube example you know another another issue that youtube faced recently was um, you know, these, these platforms are designed to, to promote engagement. Um, you know, to keep you longer on, on their, their platforms. And it's part of a monetization model that they, that they have and have come into a lot of criticism of. Um, and on YouTube, there was a, a major study that was done and they said they realized on aggregate, um, if you just let your video run, the recommendation engine after about three to four videos, um, of just You know, you not doing anything, the recommendation engine would land you up on some form of conspiracy video. Um, And so if you think about two billion odd people, you know, on on this platform watching videos and, and starting to ingest a whole bunch of conspiracy content, I don't think that's good for society either. Yeah,
0: the world of artificial intelligence, we're beginning to get a grip on it, and hopefully we get a grip on it before it gets a grip on us. My thanks to you uh, for coming in this evening. Uh, Jared Molko, who is our expert this evening on artificial intelligence. Was he human?